Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Well, good morning, church, and welcome to church. It's so lovely to see you, and I hope that you've gotten settled, you're sitting with your family, or you found the favourite corner in your house this morning. And do you know what? It is my great honour to be bringing the Word of God this morning, my great honour. And it's also my great honour to, um, to wish all the mums a happy Mother's Day today. And you know, I really pray that you are being loved and cherished today. And you know what? The pastoral side of me immediately goes to those who may not be feeling that, to some of you who might be feeling either estranged or distanced from your family, from the people who should be around you, loving you today. Well, I just want to encourage you. I hope it doesn't feel cliche, but I just want to encourage you encourage you to look heavenward because there sure is a God in heaven who loves you and who cherishes you today. And the other thing, Hillsong Church, is that, you know what, if life was normal, we would be gathering right now in our beautiful venues around the country and what have you, and we would be giving you a little gift. We love to give all the mums, all the women actually in our church, a gift at Mother's Day. And so if we were doing that, we would literally have this beautiful little gift for you, which is actually the colour socks. Some of you may have gotten them at the conference or not, but we actually have all of these for you, but obviously we can't get them to you and they're beautiful. They actually have Imagine Heaven Where We Stand written on them. And so we're gonna have to like keep them until next year, roll them into next year. And you know what, if the Lord is willing, 2021 is gonna be a fabulous year. We're gonna catch up on a lot of things, amen? So let me pray for you. Father God, I just thank You for the Word today. I thank You that we get to open the Word of God together and share and break bread together. And so Father, I pray that You'll have Your divine way. And I pray that Holy Spirit, You will just inspire me and anoint me to bring some life and truth to people today. In Jesus' Name, Amen, Amen. You know what, as a little bit of background if I may, um, at the Colour Conference this year, I spoke about the irresistible nature of God. I spoke about a God who will always hear your cry. I spoke about a God who will always um, draw us to the vineyard of His goodness. And I spoke about a God who will never ever relinquish belief in you. And I love that. And so this morning, if I may, I just wanna continue a little bit in that vein the vein of the irresistible nature of God. So allow me, <laughs> praise the Lord, allow me to tell you a story, to read you some beautiful uh, Scripture from the book of Colossians, and then just to paint a few thoughts in context of this season. And you know, if I could just take a tiny aside right now, um, when it comes to this season, in context of this season, can I just say for the record that God is not a God who is the author of death or destruction or chaos. He is actually the author of life. And He's this amazing God in heaven who is actually able to cause all things to work together for good to those who love Him. In fact, Romans 8:28, as many of you would know, it says all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to His purpose. And when you hear a, a, a Scripture like that, can I just say, especially for those who might be new to the things of God, there is nothing exclusive in that statement. You know, the Gospel is free, 
The Gospel is inclusive. And I tell you what, anyone who has a heart to lean towards God can lean into the love of God and the purpose of God. And also church, if I can just say that on that note, that as a church, we are deeply concerned with the trauma that so many people are going through um, in this season and that we're actually here. We're here, here in Australia as a church. We're here as a church all around the world. And you know, we often say we can't do everything, but if we all do something, then we can make a difference. So I just want you to know that in Jesus' Name, Amen. Father God, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You in Jesus' Name um, for what You're gonna do today, Amen. Okay, can I share a little story with you? Hallelujah. All right. So as many of you know, Brian and I, we have three children. We have two sons and one daughter. So we have Joel Timothy Houston, we have Benjamin David Houston, and we have Laura Elizabeth Toganavalu. And um, the boys live in California. And you know what, tonight, you need to be in church tonight or link in for tonight because Laura has prepared a beautiful Sunday night presentation around Mother's Day. And I think you're really gonna enjoy that. But that aside, you know, um, I feel very blessed um, because uh, when I was younger, the Lord actually gave me the desire of my heart. My desire was to actually have two little boys and a little girl. And so growing up, the boys were typical boys. They were typical brothers. Um, two and a half years separated them in age. They were best mates. They, um, they, they surfed together. They played footy together. They rumbled around the backyard together. They rumbled around the house together. But on occasion, everyone say on occasion, on occasion, they would come, they would get combative with one another, combative. And so, you know, as with boys or any siblings for that matter, um, they would come crying. I I can just see them in the hallway now. They would come crying and yelling and screaming and contentious to me, their mother, with the intent that I would then, you know, be like the Holy Spirit actually, and um, you know, discern the disagreement or discern the division, that I would uh, side with truth, hallelujah, that I would then mediate a uh, solution. And then like the Holy Spirit, I would administer peace and justice. Do I have any parents right now sitting there with your children and you're kind of maybe empathising or identifying with me? But you see the problem, the problem with that whole scenario was that I was just a woman. I actually still am a woman, but I was just a woman. I was just um, a mother. I was just a girl having a go. Um, I was just like a flawed fellow human being like the rest of us. And at the time I was also a working mum, a working mum. So basically I didn't have time for the drama of screaming contentious children. I just did not have the drama. And you know, by nature, some of you will know me, but by nature um, I'm not combative. By nature, I'm a peacemaker. So, you know, the boys would be there and I would just remember looking at them and I would find myself saying, do you know what, guys? Guys, boys, stop it. What are you doing? You're like, you're making me crazy, seriously. It's like, you're telling me this and then you're telling me that. And if I side with you, then I'm calling him a liar and vice versa. And so I would almost like just wanna pull my hair out. And so this is what I would do. I would say, you know what, guys, I don't know. I don't know, your mother doesn't know. So you know what, just go to your room. Go to your room, (laughs) sort it out, find solution, find your peace, and basically don't come out until you have. Now, I don't know if that is very good parenting advice, but people, it kind of worked for me. And you know what, invariably, they would. It wouldn't take too long. There might've been a few holes in the wall, if I'm really honest. 
But invariably, they would come out and they would have found newfound peace, newfound resolve, um, newfound appreciation for life and of course, godly brotherhood. Amen. Right, now my boys might have a different story on that, but just indulge me on this for the moment. And so here's the point. I don't know about you. I don't know how you perceive this season that we are in as a global community. But you know what? In some ways, it kind of feels like maybe, maybe, just maybe, God has done the same for us. He's done the same thing. Like maybe God has looked down from heaven on planet Earth and He has just gone, guys, what are you doing? What on earth? Like seriously, what is going on? Like you are awesome. I love you. You know what? You are created in my image. And I know that's like a crazy idea for some people to think that they're created in the image of God, but nevertheless, we are created in His image. I think maybe the Lord has looked down from heaven and gone, you know what? I am still committed to you. I am still committed to your well-being. I am still committed to your salvation. But seriously, planet Earth, enough now. Enough. There is, you know, so much, way too much, way too much contention, way too much combative spirit, way too much um, war, heartache, way too much um, obsession with things that really, guys, have no eternal value. There is just way too much attitude and criticism and hypocrisy that's actually not helping anyone. Way too much judgment, maybe way too much, you know, well not maybe, actually, way too much injustice. You know, in fact, people are actually making up their own truth on stuff that is too important to get wrong. And so, I don't know, maybe God has gone, hey, everyone, everyone right now, seriously, enough, go to your room. Time out, literally time out. Go to your room, think about life, think about what's important, think about what is of value and worth and maybe don't come out until you do. Now, I don't know, I've, to be honest, I've taken a little bit of creative licence there and I'm not necessarily saying that, um, that God has done that. I said at the front end that uh, we worship a God who is not the author of destruction and death and chaos. He's the author of life. But you know what? When I look at this world, when, guys, when in the history of humankind has everyone on the planet been literally restricted to their rooms to ponder the same realities? The actual same realities, the same realities of life and work and worth and family and even like mortality. And so for me, it kind of feels like maybe we're in collective timeout, collective timeout, again, to pause, to reflect, to maybe take a deep breath, to, um, to be still, to declutter, to reassess, maybe even reset and think about what is really important in life. We will not go back to normal. Normal never was. Our pre-corona existence was not normal, other than we normalised greed, inequity, exhaustion, depletion, extraction, disconnection, confusion, rage, hoarding, hate and lack. We should not long to return, my friends. We are being given the opportunity to stitch a new garment, one that fits all of humanity and nature. 
Isn't that remarkable? We are being given an opportunity to stitch a new garment, one that fits all of humanity. And you know, when I think about the tenor of Scripture, okay, when I think about the tenor of Scripture, the entire tenor of it speaks to the pursuit of that new garment that she was speaking about. The entire tenor of Scripture speaks to the pursuit of meaning and purpose. And the Apostle Paul, amazing. Many of you will know and love and appreciate who he was in that early church. But the Apostle Paul from prison, from a place of confinement, from a place of where he perhaps felt hemmed in, from a place that in some ways was like enforced, um, like time out, he literally allowed truth to cultivate in his heart and then become profound revelation. In many ways, I believe he became, or he is the voice of the Holy Spirit to us. He is the voice of truth and the voice of freedom because you know what? When you know the truth, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The truth is Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And again, when we know truth and we have freedom and liberty. And so, you know, he penned that from a place of isolation, confinement, being pressed in and it cultivated and it became the most profound truth to what was the then church and also the now church of which we are a part. And so this morning, I want you to listen to how he writes from the book of Colossians, if I may. I'm just going to drop these down here. So listen to how he writes in the book of Colossians, and I'm reading from the Passion here. He writes, I wish you could know how much I have struggled for you and for the church in Laodicea and for the many other friends I have yet to meet. Verse 2, I am contending for you that your hearts will be wrapped in the comfort of heaven and woven together into love's fabric. This will give you great access to all the riches of God as you experience the revelation of God's great mystery, who is Christ. In the message, these verses continue. Verse 2, I want you woven into a tapestry of love in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then you will have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. All the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. And we've been shown that mystery. Verse four, I'm telling you this because I don't want anyone leading you off on some wild goose chase after other so-called mysteries. In the Amplified, it references that um, wild goose, goose chase as, some, as things that mislead, delude or beguile. If we flick back a chapter in Colossians, he writes, Paul writes of the supremacy of Christ. In Colossians 1, he says, we look at the Son. Many of you know and love these verses. We look at the Son and we see the God who cannot be seen. We look at the Son and we see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in Him and finds its purpose in Him. He was there before any of it came into existence and He holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, and you know what, I'm gonna pause here for church leaders around the world who are concerned for how church is gonna be in the days that are ahead. Listen to what the Word says. And when it comes to the church, He organises it and holds it together like a head does a body. So on that note, church, 
You know, whilst we keep Christ at the front and centre of who we are, and He is the head of our churches and your church, do you know what? He is gonna hold His body together. It continues verse 18. It says, He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, He's there towering far above everything, everyone. So spacious is He, so roomy, that everything of God finds its proper place in Him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animal and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of His death, His blood poured out from that cross. Verse 21, I'm nearly there. Okay, you yourselves, yeah, you yourselves, you and I, praise God, you yourselves are a case study of what He does. At one time, you all had your backs turned on God, thinking rebellious thoughts of Him, giving Him trouble every chance you got. But now, by giving Himself completely on that cross, actually dying for you, Christ brought you over to God's side and put your lives together, whole and holy in His presence. Hey, hey, guys, you don't walk away from a gift like that. You don't walk away from a gift like that. You stay grounded and steady in the bond of trust, constantly tuned in to the message, careful not to be distracted or diverted. And here he concludes, there is no other message. There is no other message, just this one. And every creature under heaven gets the same message. I, Paul, am a messenger of that message. Okay, church, a lot of Scripture, but it's powerful. And you know what? The fourth thought I would have if I was talking about the irresistible nature of God would be this, that the irresistible nature of God will put us in time out or use time out to mature us for what lies ahead, to mature us for what lies ahead. In the same way that a loving parent or a good parent will sometimes um, send a misbehaving or a non-comprehending child I mean, let's all pretend that we're just not comprehending sometimes, not misbehaving, I prefer the other. But in the same way that a parent will send a misbehaving or a non-comprehending child to a corner or to their room to consider their ways. And you know what? It's quite remarkable. The definition of time out is kind of interesting to me. Obviously, time out means disciplinary, time out in a corner for a naughty child. We get that. Or part of the meaning is, time taken because something is not being understood or accomplished. And if we just stop and pause as followers of Christ, as believers, as the church, if we just stop and pause and consider the world, the harvest, you know, the fact that that there is a living God who wants to see humanity come to saving knowledge of who He is whilst it is still day, Part of the meaning of time out is to actually be, have time and force in order that you actually stop and begin to understand and accomplish what we need to accomplish. So you know what? I hope this is making sense to you, but um, you know, time out in um, a corner, a bedroom, an apartment or a house, listen to me, it either cultivates maturity or it feeds rebellion. It does one of the two. You know, as an aside, The Bible is full of legends who found themselves in isolation at different times. And what happened was that isolation cultivated revelation in their lives. 
So off the top of my head, I think of like Moses on a mountaintop. I think of Elijah in a cave. I think of Esther who was captive in a prison. What was her defining revelation? She came out of her and went, you know what? I'm, I'm here for such a time as this. I think of, you know, David and hiding. So many occasions he was hiding in caves and from the enemy. I think of, you know, Mary, the mother of Christ, who went into seclusion with her cousin Elizabeth. I think of Christ in the wilderness Himself. Truly, I think of, you know, Paul, as we mentioned, in prison on so many occasions. Um, you know, the Apostle John um, in um, exile on Patmos. And the thing is that every single one of them emerged with deeper revelation of who they were and what they were called to. So my prayer in this season is that we will um, do likewise. And so I have seven quick prayers from the book of Colossians that I would love to read to you in this season. All right, so if you're taking notes, lean in people. Okay, number one, my first prayer. My prayer is that the mystery of Christ will deepen in you. The mystery of Christ will deepen in you. The Christ, the Christ who, um, the Christ who is alongside and within. The Christ who is the same yesterday, today and forever. The Christ who is literally the mercy and kindness and, and grace of God personified. The Christ who Colossians says, you know, He actually made the invisible God visible. Colossians 1 says, we look at the Son and what do we see? We see the God who cannot be seen. And you know what, the mystery, the mystery of life, because this is my prayer that the mystery of Christ will deepen within you. The mystery of Christ, the mystery is Christ. The mystery is Christ front and centre in your life and my life. And I love that. Colossians 2, let me repeat. It says, all the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded in that mystery and nowhere else. Colossians 1 says, there is no other message, guys. Just this one. And every creature, every creature under heaven gets the same message. I, Paul, am a messenger of that message. You know, church, sometimes we, you know, oftentimes we sing a song called Another in the Fire. And I know many of you would know and love that. But you know what, sometimes, and I say this carefully, sometimes you've got to go through some um, description of fire, fire of some description, to actually understand the power in those lyrics. You know, the power of that lyric is that it's Christ, the another in the fire. The circumstance, the situation is Christ. And He is altogether lovely and He is altogether committed to you. Number two, my prayer is that you will search your own heart in this season and not be found lacking. That you'll not be found lacking. That um, all the dislocated pieces of your heart and universe, as the writer in Colossians says, will actually find their place, that they will find their fix in and through the blood of Christ and that your reconstructed heart, amen, we all need our hearts to be reconstructed. Salvation, when we give our lives to Christ in that moment of surrender, it is instant. You are born again, you are a child of God, you are heaven bound. But thereafter begins this process of redemption of us growing and allowing our heart to be reconstructed into the image and likeness of God. And so I pray that that will happen and that your reconstructed heart, hallelujah, will set you in good stead for the future because the future is important. And you know what? It's really good in this season to declutter the uh, wardrobe or the garage, like amazing discoveries are happening there. But you know what? The human heart is more important. And I think that this is a perfect time However long the season is for all of us, it's a perfect time. It is essential time. 
We often talk about essential services right now and the amazing people who are serving us. But this is essential time to actually let God's light into some of those areas that need changing, amen. And you know, no condemnation always. Romans, um, Romans 8 says, there is no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. So you know what, if you're doing really good in this season, well done to you. And if you're not, then you know what, today's a new day and tomorrow His mercies are new again every morning, amen. I love that. Number three, I'm gonna go fast. My prayer is that uh, your minds, your minds will become confident at rest, confident and at rest and that your confidence and rest will become an oasis of hope for others. Again, Colossians says, I want you woven into a tapestry of love in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then, then, everyone say then, then you will have minds confident and at rest because they're focused on Christ, that great mystery. And you know what? In a world of increasing mental ill health, increasing mental ill health, we need minds that are confident and at rest. And you might think, well, how? How do I even begin to do that? How do I have the mind of Christ? Well, you know what? I think the Holy Spirit is the one, the one who is commissioned to come alongside, to teach and to reveal. And I believe He is able to show us how to live with the mind of Christ, amen. Number four is uh, my prayer, is that the comfort of heaven will be tangible and felt as revelation truth matures in you as it matures in you. Now, Isaiah 40, it begins, comfort, comfort, my people. Comfort, comfort, says the Lord God. And then it ends, verse 31, talking about those who wait upon the Lord, those who wait for the Lord. In the Amplified, it says, those who expect, look for and hope in the Lord shall actually change and renew their strength and power. You might be thinking, how am I gonna deal with this season or this unemployment or whatever? Well, you know what? It's as we wait on God, as we look to and expect and hope in Him. And I promise you, what happens is an exchange happens. The Word says they shall change and renew their strength and power. Mount up like, like you know, eagles do the sun and they shall walk and not run and run and not be weary. Hallelujah. You know the verse well. And I think there's just immense promise and revelation to those who wait for and look for and, and hope in the Lord. And, um, you know, I really do believe, church, that um, the comfort of heaven, tangible and felt, is gonna be a distinguishing mark in the days that are ahead. That it's gonna become like an oasis that's gonna water souls who feel no comfort. You know, there's some nations where the death tolls because of the season have been horrific. And there's actually gonna be a lot of people when they come outside, finally, there's gonna be a lot of delayed grief we need to be there for them, with them. I heard an amazing um, priest once say, stunning. He said, when you encounter people who are going through tough times, through grief, this is what you do. You bend low, you weep with them. And when the time is right, you point them to Jesus. So that's my prayer. Number five, six and seven, here we go. My prayer is that the measure of faith that you do possess, listen to me, will expand in this season and that your new and awakened faith will actually walk you into new and surprising places and spaces of His provision and His faithfulness. Romans 12 teaches us that we've all been given a measure of faith. So we can either sit on that faith, that measure, or we can grow it into something beautiful. And I believe that 2020 onwards, hey, church, 
2020 onwards, we need to be growing in the measure of faith that we have. And again, sometimes I say this with care, but sometimes the only way that we grow is to be put in situations that put a demand on our faith. Amen. So don't despise that, but see it for what it is and allow God to cultivate something. Number six is just a heading. My prayer is that the supremacy of Christ in you will redefine, re-empower and re-anoint you. In Jesus' Name. Do you know what? I think these are days for not forgetting, but days for remembering. Remember your calling. Remember your mandate, your purpose, your passion, your vision. Remember what it was before lockdown. And you know, in some ways everything has changed, but also in some ways nothing has changed. Not when it comes to the the vision and the mandate and the commission of the body of Christ and you and I in that equation. And then finally, my prayer is that like the Apostle, hey, like the Apostle, we will contend for those that we love and those that we have yet to meet. He was in prison all those centuries ago, contending for you and I today. And so I pray that our confinement in this season, and it's looking different on the earth even today, but our confinement will be more than just an inconvenience of our lives, more than an inconvenience, but rather, amen, that the heart of God, the heart of the living God will actually beat within ours. The heart of the living God will actually contend within ours for a world who at some stage is gonna come out into the sunshine, but it's also gonna step out into the aftermath of this season. And I pray that we're there. Do you know what, as I finish this morning, and thank you for staying and listening and by the grace of God, taking notes, hallelujah. But you know, as I finish, um, the nature of time out for a child is that they either emerge better for the experience, um, having allowed their heart to be discipled, praise God, towards um, rightness and goodness, or they come out none the wiser for the experience. And you know what? I really pray, church. I pray, I pray, I pray that um, we will emerge better for the experience, that we are going to emerge in Jesus' Name ready for the revival that we've been praying about and seeking God for for so many, so many, many years. Amen. That we will emerge ready, present and accounted for in Jesus' Name. Amen. So let me finish with the words of the Apostle Paul, but this time to the Philippians. In verse 9, he says, So this is my prayer, that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary. A life, listen church, a life that Jesus would be proud of, bountiful in fruits of the soul, making Jesus attractive to all, getting everybody involved in the glory and the praise of God. Amen. In Jesus' Name. Father God, I thank You for Your Word. And I thank You for the labour of uh, the Apostle, this forerunner who went before to bring the truth of God to us. And Lord, I pray that it will resonate in every home and every household. In Jesus' Name. Amen. So let me just take one moment um, to talk to you about your um, relationship with the living God. And you might be thinking, I don't, I don't know what that looks like. I certainly don't have this love affair that I see in you, Bobby, or see in, um, in others. Well, I wanna tell you that the Bible says in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. 
You know, Jesus of Himself said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come back to the Father except through me. And the truth is He came to, to bridge the great divide that literally sin and independence and rebellion caused. You know, um, Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and life in abundance. And the tenor of Scripture is that God in heaven has um, a desire for us. He has a future and a hope for us. And so you know what, if you wanna open your heart, maybe for the first time or in a recommitment of devotion, can I just lead you in a prayer right now before we um, go about our day? So why don't you just pray with me if that's you. And I know people on the chat line right now will be praying for you that um, a moment of truth will, will happen for you, amen? So pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank You for bringing me to this place of decision. Dear Lord Jesus, I open my heart to You and I invite You into my life. I ask that You become Lord and Saviour of my life. I ask that You forgive me and cleanse me and make me new. Thank You, Father. Thank You, Jesus. And thank You, Holy Spirit, for the truth of this in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. So you know what? If you prayed that for the first time or again, like I said, in, in you know, a rededication of your life, um, we have people ready to help you. And we can't physically give you a Bible because we're not in church as such, but um, we are in church online. And if you can go into um, the spaces on the screen, <laughs> praise the Lord, you go there and there's a pathway. And I really encourage you to do that, amen. So I hope you have a great day. Again, Happy Mother's Day to all the mums and know that you are loved in Jesus' Name. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.